Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast around simplifying for success. Simplification requires discipline and clarity of thought. This is not often easy in today's rapid-paced work environment. We've invited a few colleagues in data and information governance space to share their strategies and approaches for simplification. Today we will be talking to Howard Lewis. Howard has more than 25 years of experience in data privacy and records and information management. During most of these years, Howard worked as a consultant working in financial, manufacturing, oil and gas and technology industries as well as in education and federal government. His specialties include reducing an organization's information related risk, program development, organizational governance, requirements gathering and mentor selection. Howard attended the University of North Dakota where he received his bachelor's degree, majored in both business administration and records and information management. He later received an MBA from the same university. Howard currently works at Brigham Young University as a Chief Information Privacy Officer and Director of Information Management. Hi Howard, welcome to the show. Thank you. You've had many years of experience in developing and implementing enterprise-wide IG programs and now you're putting together a privacy program for your company. How do you build a business case? Any tips that you can share? Sure. <clears throat> you always have to get um, senior level support for any of these programs. Um, this either privacy or you know records management or IG, they're not projects that have a fairly rapid end date. They're ongoing programs. And if you don't have senior level support to fund it and to help remove obstacles and to help enable you to succeed and to put and to have you placed properly in the organization, um, it's it's an uphill battle. It's kind of like pushing a rope up a hill. And I've seen in the records management space uh, 20 years ago, we always used to say it's so hard to get any traction with senior level management. Uh, but now most senior level management is aware of IG and of, of privacy. So how do you balance? You just mentioned that these are multi-year programs, right? So there's no way to kind of take it as a project, finish and, and be done with it. So how do you balance, I mean, you know, we live in a world where we only do things that, you know, produce immediate results. So how do you balance setting expectations that these programs are likely to take many, many years, but also provide, you know, immediate results for the senior management? What's worked for me is to develop a roadmap of this is what the program is going to look like. And for me, what I found was it normally takes about three years to get it up and running in a large organization. But then after you get the, the main pieces running, there's other things you need to do to maintain, uh, maintain the program and to get adoption throughout the organization. Organizations are like large ships and, and anyone in the governance role is like a really small rudder that's trying to move the ship a little here and a little there. And I found, you know, during this process, you want to identify some quick wins that you can 
uh, look at. So what I did was I, I met with, this is before COVID, so you could actually meet with people. <laughs> yeah. But I talked with uh, 20 key stakeholders and tried to find out, you know, what, what's keeping them up at night? What, what kind of risks do they have? And then as I developed my program plan, in a very high level, I mean, you, could, you could look at it on one slide because there was no detail under it. But, you know, in the next, you know, here's like five years out and in the first three years we're going to do this. And then I would interlay within that some key wins that the stakeholders truly, you know, want to see. And if you can get those done, um, people will see ongoing progress. I like to at least get one good thing done every year that I can report to that made a difference to the organization in either reducing costs or and or reducing risks. So you talked a little bit about putting it all into one slide. I'm kind of tying this to the theme of our podcast, which is simplifying for success. Essentially, there are two ways to simplify, breaking down the parts to reduce the complexity or identifying a new and an innovative way to do the same task. Would you choose one over the other or do you even think of these as choices versus, you know, one follows the other? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good uh, good thing to think about here. I know that if it's too complicated, it's too hard to understand, and then it's too hard to make decisions about. And not only that, it's too hard to, to actually follow and do. So... I always have a saying that you have to make things simple or even brain dead simple to, to get it to, to work. So the big picture, I like to boil it down to very high level concepts, one slide. And then I like to break up, okay, what am I going to do this year? I like to make it one slide. And then in the details, I deal with them myself. Um, and I try to break them apart as simple as I can. Um, I just, I know, I know some tasks that you're trying to do are complicated. And I've heard the term, you know, trying to boil the ocean. So what, what I have seen work successfully is take a couple of the highest risk items and work on them first. And that often opens the doors for the next items. Um, when you try to take the whole thing and present the whole thing together as a problem and present the solution for the whole thing, it's really, I mean, large organizations have complex problems and, and I found it's easier just to find the highest risk area or two and work on them first, knowing that it's part of the whole puzzle. I hope that helps answer the question. So you, you kind of believe in reducing the complexity by breaking down the parts, looking at the parts that can be easily fixed or the ones that are most risky. 
and and tackling them first with kind of a prioritized agenda that follow you know that where you sort of keep at it till you get through the entire workflow yes i've also heard it said eating an elephant one bite at a time <clears throat> makes you sense know, okay. you know the whole thing is there you know <laughs> no yeah i i agree i think um boiling is the ocean is a very common term that people sort of always attribute to governance or information governance for that matter privacy also um you know the 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 program when it needs to be introduced the right way is is so large that it can it can be quite difficult for somebody to sort of absorb that but sometimes breaking down the parts can take you so far um and then you kind of reach a dead end because um you can only optimize so much um sometimes it requires a new way of doing things um uh, but yes. an organization probably needs some time to absorb and get culturally accustomed to the idea of innovation before they are willing to kind of take or take that leap yeah you should never go into a project trying to do things the same way um you should always look for innovation in each piece that you're doing and i would never work on just one piece without knowing what the whole picture at a high level is supposed to look like so that any progress i make is addressing the the you know the major risk or the you know it's aligning with the mission and goals of the organization um i would never just do one step on its own <clears throat> and you know sometimes when we implement technologies it enables us to change the way we do things mm-hmm. so can you share some examples of how you have simplified um in the past um I'll give you a privacy method and then a records management method since I work directly in those two areas. In the privacy area, I started going around doing assessments with every organization and so we're in the privacy world there's a term that IG has often heard it's called creating a data map. Mhm. and in the privacy world they specifically state what they're looking for they want to be able to know where the personal information is within the organization so i went around to 10 of the highest risk areas <clears throat> and you know identified the kinds of personal information that was being processed where it was being stored where it was being shared um who had access to it and in some cases i even went down or drilled down to the very you know data element level but most of the time it was you know what category of personal information was it and also because we deal with you know data from residents in the eu you know is any of this data coming from the eu and So if you think about it you know collecting it all on a word doc you know it's fine to collect it but it it doesn't put it in a usable form 
I, I would estimate there's about 300 assessments that eventually have to be done. And how on earth am I going to be able to track who is using certain types of personal information unless it's in a system that can help me? So in this case, we had to acquire a system that could actually support tying all these pieces of information we were collecting together in a usable way. So example, I could go to, a, I could look up a department and say, oh, they're collecting these kind of information in these systems. I could then pick one of those systems and see which departments across campus are using that system that are using that same information. And kind of like a matrix where I could, I can pretty much slice and dice it the way I want so I can find what I'm looking for. Um, <clears throat> without enabling technology, I would have to manually sit there and hunt through it. Um, records management approach. Oh, this is, this goes way, way basic, but we run our own record center and initially everything was done manually. And if someone wanted to check out a box or put a box in, it was a manual process where you created the form and the paperwork took longer than doing the delivery. So we automated that process through enabling technologies to, to be able to, um, you know, very quickly and efficiently fulfill requests. And that's the paper world. In the electronic world, um, we have a process where information can be managed and put under retention and, and other, you know, governance criteria um, right where it's being stored. And that's where they're, you know, working with the data and the, the documents already. So um, again, it took technology, I call it enabling technologies to be able to simplify the processes. Um, what I have found is when you go into an organization and you start working with the actual people who are doing the work, if governance equals doing more work, they will be resistive. Not, not that they don't want to help out, but usually they don't have enough time. So if you can do something, maybe some of it's in the background, but if you can show them how this new model can actually save them time and effort and reduce the risk of the organization, it, it's a win. Great examples there. So how do you, what role, you, you mentioned technology in the first case, but what role does technology play in building out these programs? And how have you leveraged um, technology to solve some of the IG or privacy problems? You've sort of answered this question, but um, if you have additional thoughts around how technology helps, uh, please feel free to share. Sure, I was just, uh in a meeting the other day where I talked about this concept. And that is that, you know, the question was raised, is technology going to solve this problem? And some people said yes, and some people said 
maybe. And I said, you know, and this is something that you and I both understand that it takes people, process, technology, and controls to actually address problems, to mitigate risk. And when I think of the people side, I think of the governance, the organizational governance elements that are needed in place. You know, do you have executive support? Do you have the right committees in place to help you? And do you have the people out in the field that can actually help with the work? What, whatever it's needed. Some of this is all automation, some is not. So some problems can be solved just with the technology, but a lot of the, building a program is not technology. Technology is just an enabling component of the program. I, I think of it as 80% of the work is done through the, the people and process part. And then the last step is getting the technology in place to, to assist with that. And then you follow up with the controls to, to audit and, and make sure that what needs to be done is, is actually getting done. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. So as you sort of put this people process and technology together and implement the right type of controls, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face and um, how do you overcome some of these challenges? Sure. <clears throat> well, that again goes to the eating an elephant one bite at a time. You are going to have pockets of resistance. And I have always encountered, um, first of all, if you have senior level support, um, the next thing you really need to do is get a policy approved because you can point to a good policy and that can help motivate people saying, oh yeah, I need to be doing this. If there's pockets of resistance, I've always moved to the areas that need this and will benefit from it and they become the quick wins and over time, the resistors will buy into it because at some point they're going to be the ones being left behind if they don't, you know, get on the bandwagon. <clears throat> so I, I've never been stopped by resistive pockets. I, and, and when I say that, I don't mean any disrespect. I, again, I don't see people saying, no, I won't do this. It's just that they don't have time and they're, either burnt out with their work or, or they just don't know how it's going to help them. So, so some, it's funny, but some people you just say, okay, they're retiring in five years. We'll circle back with them. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's the only thing you can do. It's kind of funny, but yeah, senior leadership approach, getting good, uh, for me, what's worked is getting uh, good policy, good um, support from a committee that represents the various areas of the organization that can help guide me, and then just going to work and finding the areas that really need this. 
because because really, you know, it, it's hard to force someone to want to do governance <clears throat> if they don't think it's important. You've got to find the people in the organization that need it and will address the risks that they're concerned about first. And then, then it'll, you know, I take the 80-20 rule, 20% of the departments represent 80% of the risk. So why not start with, with that 20%? That makes absolute sense. And, and you know, with any program, that's kind of true, right? You're going to always have resistance. In a large organization, you're going to have people with different viewpoints. Those things make absolute sense. Any other closing thoughts? Well, when we started the 80-20 rule, identify the 20% of the highest risk, we found a, a change out there in the departments. Um, so we worked with the committee and with uh, senior leadership, and we all came to an agreement of who should be our priority targets. Not that we wouldn't, you know, skip the rest, but you know, who should we prioritize? And then when we went to these departments, we told them that they were identified as a priority department, and that um, we should, you know. I don't want to say give them special treatment, but in a way, it was in everyone's best interest if if we address the risks in these areas first. <clears throat> so they actually opened up and became more helpful. We we saw we saw the changes. It's like the the Hoff, Hawthorne effect that I studied in college, where they put brighter lights in 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 an area and uh, they found that the work productivity went higher and they they thought it was because the lights were brighter but they they found that the productivity increased because the people felt that they that management cared about them so they were willing to work harder and so i i've seen that help where, oh we're a priority department you guys are recognize us and know we're important. <laughs> so, you know, any, anything to do with, you know, the, the carrot over the stick helps. Great thoughts. Thank you for taking the time, Harvard. You're welcome. <laughs>